Well, folks, welcome back to the Pause Ryan Play podcast. Thank you, one million and a half, for joining us tonight. Uh, we're going to go through a rundown of our top ten movies of the year, twenty twenty, right? Yes, sir. Uh, other than that, like we're pumped to have you. We're psyched to have you. Thank you for joining the journey with us every time. We got the standard cast of Vince and Josh here, and myself, Casey, and. Uh, yeah, we're pumped. This is something Josh looks forward to every single year. We can't get him to stop talking about it sometimes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no shame in admitting that this is one of my, not even one of, this is like my favorite episode of the year because you get to look back at the past year and you just say, okay, what did I like? What did I not like? And just sort of go from there. Um, I know we'll go through like what we've been watching and stuff, but I wanted to quiz you guys real quick. We obviously did this last year. I was wondering if you guys remember what your top three movies of last year were. I don't. I don't even remember what came out last year. <laughs> oh, lay on them crickets on my section of track. 2019. <laughs> so I went back and I was listening to our episode and then I didn't even write them down because I don't remember for sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure. So my top three of the year were Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and Parasite. One, two, three. Casey, you were Joker, Avengers Endgame, and one other one, one, two, three. And Vince, you were Avengers Endgame, Joker, and I don't remember. There's like a whole list here that I have, and I should have written your guys down next to it. So I have it like this year. I have your guys' like names next to mine on my little Excel spreadsheet that I have because I'm a nerd. And I'll write them down so that next year when we do this, I can actually quiz you on it. Awesome. So I love that. Now we I'm were all pretty. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that old episode just to see. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, yeah, super excited. Obviously one of my favorite episodes of the year. And we wanted to do it now so that we could get it up because the Oscars are on Sunday. And even though it was definitely a strange year for film, there was still a lot of good stuff that came out in my opinion. Like I went through and even if it wasn't weeding out as much as I would usually have to, as far as stuff that I liked, uh, there was still a lot of stuff that I felt bad when I had to push it out of the top 10. So see, I'm, I'm in the opposite end of the (laughs) thing here. I got to about 10 movies and I was just like, or uh, about six or seven movies. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to have 10 movies that I saw this year that I actually liked (laughs) ended up with 12 there you go. But I think I only saw like maybe 20 movies that came out this mm-hmm. year. I just, I've watched a bunch of movies, just apparently nothing new. <laughs> nothing that came out. <laughs> and we are, so people have kind of been split when they make, because a lot of people make these lists, like New York Times, and just like everyone sort of makes their list. And this year, because of how weird it was, they did it different ways. We've decided to do it in terms of eligibility for the Oscars. And so it's anything that came out in the beginning of January of 2020 all the way through February of 2021. So anything that was released by February 28th of this year. So anything that's eligible for the Oscars this year will be included in our lists. So we can do them this year, but then we won't include them next year. Which, in my opinion, I actually have a few, I think, on my list that fit that category of those those last couple months. Where normally January and February are the time where you get sort of you know no offense but sort of trash garbage movies <laughs> because nothing that's like trying to win any sort of award usually releases in January or February but you know it is what it is um so I guess just super quick 
like not to spoil anything on our list, but just go over a little bit of what we've been watching. I have only been watching like sort of movies that have been on this list, except for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which caught up on that and ready for the finale on Friday. That's how I take my breaks, actually, in between homework. As some of you guys might know, I'm doing school, like, for real this time. I'm invested. <laughs> and that's how I take my breaks, is I'll, like, I'll do an hour of homework, and I sneak in, like, 15 minutes of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I'm like, ah. it's like taking, like, a nice, like, dip in the hot tub, you know, when you're staying in a hotel, and you're like, then I'm back to work. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier is so good. It definitely is. I thought it wasn't at first. I was like, this is kind of lame. And even though I think I still like WandaVision more, I'm actually now like, oh, okay, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is rocking. So I heard something really interesting this week. Uh, apparently, they had to restructure the series. Apparently, um, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about it. But apparently, the original story had something to do with a disease that spread across the the world or something. Don't know all the details, but the guy on the podcast was saying that that's the reason why some of the stuff that's going on doesn't really feel like it flows right because they had to go at, go back, cut out scenes, ADR over certain stuff and completely remove this disease pandemic um storyline that they had and switch it up a little bit. I don't. It, it's that's interesting weird. to hear and about that's, like that happened post filming. Post filming, as far as that's I know, crazy. that's wild. Well, so just going off of this, that's a crazy change. But like, there's a show on Hulu that's like COVID twenty three or something like that is what it's called. It's like the they're like five years in lockdown is kind of like the title, like the catchy advertisement part of it. I was like is it a documentary or is no, it, it's like is a, it? like a B horror film type thing. It's like, watch that. <laughs> that's the thing is I was like, what poor taste, but like good on these guys for reworking it. Right. But yeah. like, it's interesting. Cause I, I would have never guessed, like I've been enjoying the show. I would have never guessed anything about it. So when they brought it up, I was just kind of like, Oh, interesting yeah. little fun fact, but I definitely had no idea. Either. They're making this work. I've actually really enjoyed it. I haven't noticed like too much choppiness, but then again, I'm watching it every 15, 20 minutes at a time. Um, this last episode was a little oddly paced. Um, the montages were kind of weird, but there was, there was like fine. one part like where I was like, what are you guys doing this? It felt like Top Gun when they're playing volleyball. Yeah, at one point. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right, right? I kind of got that same vibe. Just kind of like we're buddies and we're working on stuff together. And I don't remember. What was the song they played during the montage? I can't remember. Cause I can't remember. I'm trying to think of it. And I'm like thinking for some reason, I'm thinking of two things in my head. I'm either thinking it was like a very happy upbeat and you've got like what I want. Yeah, like in the background, <laughs> or it's like Rocky, where he's like throwing the shield, and it's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, if like, and I don't remember so which weird. one of those it was, but like I remember also thinking the same thing, where I was like, "What's this montage?" Like yeah. in the middle of this episode, I watched two absolutely terrible movies this week. Terrible? Yeah, they was were it Borat? Stupid, the new one? Stupid movies? No, no, not terrible. Like. Are they on the Oscar list? Just real dumb. No, they're not on the Oscar okay. list. They're far, far from the Oscar list. <laughs> list. Um, one of them was fun, stupid. The other one was just bad. It was just bad. Uh, first one was Kong, or Godzilla versus Kong. Saw that in the IMAX. Really nice to be back in theaters. A lot of fun to watch it. What a dumb movie. <laughs> yep. And then the other one was The New Mutants. 
You guys oh, know I have heard nothing good I about this. Feel, yeah, I feel so bad because I'm walking into that and I'm like, you got Jonathan from Stranger Things, Arya from freaking Game of Thrones. Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm like, I want this to be good so bad. And everybody was bad in it. Even Anya Taylor-Joy. She's an incredible actress. I did not like her in this movie. I've heard that that movie was like the filming and recording and creation of was just an utter mess in itself too. It's obvious that it is. It was a stupid story. None of the actors had any like chemistry with each other. The action was terrible. The special effects were okay. You know, they looked fine. It's an expensive movie. It looked fine. Overall, this movie was so dull and boring and the horror quote unquote horror aspect was out like laughable. Laugh out loud. Just bad so i had a great great week (laughs) (laughs) that's sad but it just like reaffirms because i've always thought i'm like will i watch the new mutants because it comes up every once in a while i see an app like they're trying to still get people to watch it Mm -hmm. and i just every single time i read or hear anyone talk about it it just keeps saying don't do it you idiots like stop it was a waste of time. I, I, I was on like riding a high after Logan came out. Uh-huh. Like Fox might be getting their stuff together. They might be figuring this out. And then they just always let me go, let me down afterwards. Every time. I'm just so happy that Fox no longer has the Marvel. I, I was saying a while back that I was wishing that they kept it so we could get some variety. No, after seeing this atrocity, I'm just like, give it to Marvel. You're terrible. <laughs> I feel like they were creating this film, the New Mutants, while the whole like Marvel, like was like Disney was buying and merging. So I'm feeling like there was a lot of crap that went on with this. And I feel like we deserve better from what I've heard. Like I haven't watched it right, but I don't want to go see it because I haven't heard a dang thing that was good about it. Zack Snyder's The New Mutants. <laughs> Remake it the way it's supposed to be made. Yeah. All right, I'll watch that again. I'm here. <laughs> What's the name? Release the Josh Boone cut. <laughs> what he really wanted. <laughs> I uh, Most of what I've been watching, I watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I also have been watching, slash, I guess, re-watching, not just for the first time, but Handmaid's Tale because the new season drops this coming week and we are pumped for it. Me and my wife, we love The Handmaid's Tale. If you haven't watched it, it's on Hulu. It's a story about essentially a dystopian future where people are wearing the red gowns. You've got handmaids, Marthas, commanders, wives, econo wives. Like there's there's everything here. Like you could imagine in a series, it's pretty wild. It's based off of a book by the same name. Um, so yeah, you should, you should most definitely check out that series. It's headed by Peggy Olson, AKA Elizabeth Moss. Um, so it's just, it's pretty badass. I mean, going from Peggy Olson in uh, Mad Men to, uh, the lead in the series, great decision on Elizabeth Moss's part. Ooh. I saw the first season, two seasons, but I haven't been back to it yet. Oh, you should go back and revisit it's 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 good i don't know maybe you might not want to well done it's it's very well done for a series it's like what i imagine if we got Zack snyder's the justice league series like it was like 10 hour like 10 hour long episodes of justice league that's how i feel it would be great she just uh elizabeth moth elizabeth moth's character made a decision in the show that i just didn't agree with I stuck and, my middle finger up like, to the I'm screen done. every time that happens. So the, that character makes a lot of poor life decisions. <laughs> so that's where we're at. I don't know. Anything else we kind of want to cover as far as what we've been watching? I don't think so. I think a lot of it's just down to 
the list what we've been watching for the past year and two months or so. I will say though that I have also been rewatching Mad Men while working, um, so it's just like background noise for me because I've watched it nine times now all the way through. I love Mad Men. Like people don't understand. I love John Hamm. <laughs> just love him. No, I think the whole series is good, and it's interesting how you become different characters at different times in your life, right? But I'm watching it on Amazon for free with ads. That's how addicted to this show I freaking am. And I hate it when the ads come in too because I'm like, this feels like Saturday morning cartoons all over again except the advertisements aren't even cool. Like the advertisement art for Danimals. Like, that's what I want here. Yeah, I want some Danimals. I want something cool. Well, actually, I bought an electric lawnmower this week. Ooh. Freaking awesome, by the way. Um, Josh, it matches like with the drill your dad gave. It like goes with the same battery company. Like, it's cool. But like... Never been so excited to mow my lawn. 30 is a weird year of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. It happens once you get your own house. Those those tools and stuff, they become your, like, you get excited for them. New vacuum, new lawnmower. We got a robot vacuum for Christmas. That thing is a godsend. It's amazing. Amazing. Well, I've rambled on long enough. Let's freaking get into this series, because I'm actually really pumped. I... I've got a list here. I actually rewatched slash re-listened to my uh, number one this week because I love it. Uh, spoiler, it's in a different language. Oh! It's Bald and Bankrupt, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's in Russian, guys. Bald and Bankrupt, the series. It's my favorite movie. Every time it comes out, I like sing Russian drinking songs. There's a lot. There are two that are on my list that I've just been like either listen to that the other movie podcast I listened to the Rogo tours and they like all had these on their list. And so I was like, I need to watch these. So two of the movies that are on my list, I watched this past week and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I totally get it. Like these are on my list, you know, they deserve to be there. and then like there are other ones that are on here. Like, you know, we're doing a top 10. We'll go like 10 to one with all of us, but then there are just some that I want to go over with you guys really quick. And we don't have to go over them in depth, obviously, because they might be on your list or mm-hmm. yours might be on my list or anything like that. I want to know which ones like just missed like your top 10 and like why you had to cut them. Okay, okay cool. So really quick, I'll go. Um, I have five that didn't make my list um, that I wanted to. Like there are other ones that I was just like, yep. Like I'm like, uh, the little things like Wonder Woman. I'm like, okay, those aren't going to like make my list. Sorry guys, but they don't. So, um, the devil all the time. I really, really liked that movie. I thought Tom Holland, Rob Pattinson did great, but didn't make my list. Rob Pattinson's in there. The devil all the time. Yeah. The devil I all the time is the one with Tom Holland when it's back in ye olden days. Yeah. Rob yeah, Pattinson's actually a big part of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Cool. Very good one. Uh, the five bloods. Did not end up making my list, although solid Spike me Spike Lee movie that I like. Uh, Run. I don't know if you guys saw that one. It was on Hulu. Very good. Um, Soul, surprisingly. You know Didn't how make I your like list. Pixar. Soul did not make my list. Wow. And then, so that was the second to last one out. So like technically like number 12, I guess. And then the last one that just got cut and got pushed out when I watched my last movie um, before this was Minari. Minari just didn't resonate with me like it did with a lot of people. And I understood the story and I liked it. And I thought the acting by both Stephen Young and uh, Young Shun, I forget her name, but she's up for Best Supporting Actress. And a lot of people think she's very likely to win Best Supporting Actress, the grandma in Minari. 
she's amazing as well. This story, I just, it didn't resonate with me as much as it did with a lot of people. And so it was near the bottom of my list and just got pushed out right before. So Wow, that surprises me, some of those. I know, right? Well, because for me, it's like sad. And I'm even looking at the ones on my list now and I'm like, wait, like, do these ones deserve to be on my uh, list? But I'm like, Josh, you thought about this. I see page. why you had a hard time. You could do it. Mine was so. pretty easy. Um, I have two that didn't make my list, my 11 and 12. Um, one of them was Bill and Ted Face the Music, which it's it's a fun movie. But that should have like, been your number one film. <laughs> did you see it? No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see, it. see it. I wanted to watch it really it's, bad, but I couldn't justify just renting it for myself. Oh, it's worth the watch, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable, but it's not like the best movie of the year, you know? Um, and then my number 11 that didn't make the list was An American Pickle with uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. I really enjoyed that one. I am just a sucker for Seth Rogen. I love his movies. I love his sense of humor. Just And it, this one was really good. It was charming. It was funny. It was, it, it was, he did a really good job playing two different characters, playing against himself, you know, surprisingly. It was great. So those are my two that didn't make the list. So I had four that were kind of like a hard debate. So The King of Staten Island. Oh, I didn't see it. I need to, though. It's on HBO Max. It's actually like a really cool, like, from a character perspective, and it's just really good. Like, Pete Davidson pretty much stars his own life, but it's kind of, like, changed a little bit. Like, his dad really did die in 9-11. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, like, you can only imagine just the emotion that goes in that film. It's hard watch sometimes, but like, it's a cool watch. It's a good watch. It's a fun film to watch. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. Sorry. Like it was fun. It gave me the glam, but there's another show that was like, it fit it better for me. It sounds like that didn't make any of our lists. Boo. Um, Eurovision (laughs) was actually, Uh, you yeah, ding dong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, ding dong right now. Exactly. That was it. Like, I just loved it so much. I actually rewatched it like four times throughout the year. Like, it's just fun. And like, I like, I like, uh, oh gosh, Will Ferrell. I about call him Steve Carell because the office is going behind me. But uh, I about called, I, I like love Will Ferrell movies. Like, he's just fun. Yeah. He's like, I really love him in, um, the one that nobody likes, Blades of Glory. I love that show. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then I kicked off Happiest Season for me. Right so, on. yeah, like Happiest Season. That's a, Dan oh, Levy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a Dan Levy one. Um, it's actually a really good film. And I think it's one that, like, similar to, like, and Josh, you can probably say it better than I can. Like, it it shows the world that we actually live in in the world versus what Dan Levy's show was, um, Shit's Creek, which is a world as many people hope it would be. Um, it's a, it's a good movie. It's a good family Christmas film, like, but all around, like it shows us how we can be better about a number of topics. So without getting too heavy right there, right at the beginning of our series here, but yeah, I'm ready for my, my top 10. And I would just like to ask everyone to forgive me. There's obviously many movies I still wanted to watch that I didn't get to yet. A lot of them, um, I watched most of the Oscar, like the ones that are nominated for best picture, but please forgive me for not watching uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Sound of Metal, Black Bear, First Cow, and Another Round. So just when you don't hear those on my list, just know I haven't seen them and don't don't judge me. Please. You are you are fired. Please. Okay, I'm sorry. Just kidding. I, I'm the same way. I actually haven't watched the bulk of things that came out last year. I'll be real. I spent a lot of time rewatching. I rewatched the entire Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and like stuff like this, but nothing new was like really exciting to me because I go to the theater for that. So 
sorry guys, this might not be a comprehensive list. So <laughs> I think let's begin. Uh, Josh and it's G- our lists. So you'll just have to put up with it as it is. Okay? Yeah. This <laughs> this this podcast is my opinion is fact. So let's go. <laughs> Josh, you're our number one guy. Uh, we're gonna start it out at number ten with a movie that was recommended to me back in I think it was June or July, and I didn't get around to it until about January. And that movie is the Oscar-nominated The Trial of the Chicago 7. The Trial of Chicago 7 was so much better than I thought it was. And it was very long, and it made me, after I watched it, do a lot of research about the events that actually happened leading up to that, which helped me realize two things. Number one, a lot of that stuff is super crazy and like insane, and that stuff happened. And the actors who portrayed that were amazing. Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, all of them were great. And then number two, there was a lot of stuff in that film that was just dramatized and put way over the top things that didn't actually happen in real life that were made to seem as if they were real because of the setting of this movie. And so I was like, okay, so they just basically took a real life event and you know, they do this a lot, but just like something they just pushed it way over the top. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, ugh, okay. So like, especially since we're at the lower part of our list, I won't take too much time, but I still really love this movie and would re- recommend it for anyone, especially since it's on Netflix. And at least for now, most people still have Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I put off watching that one for a long time. I was just like, I just am not, I don't want to watch a court case movie I know, right? about this whole thing. Like, I just, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. Made my number six on my list. I loved it. It was so good. And it did the exact same thing you're talking about to me. Um, I went down to my parents this weekend and me and my dad took a big road trip and half of our trip was talking about the Vietnam War and how he felt about it and how he felt about it at the time versus how he felt about it now. And I had the same conversation with my mom. It just kind of like brought up this topic that I I was surprised I didn't know that much about, you know, (laughs) I thought I did. I thought I knew about all this stuff. I had no idea. And after watching it and kind of talking to them, I just wanted to know their opinions on on how they felt about the war at the time and whether they were for it or against it and if they would have been with the protesters had they had the chance, you know, or if they were, which I knew they weren't, but, you know, those kind of questions where I just, it just brought up a lot of stuff. And it was just like a really entertaining, well-made movie that I was just, it just sucked me into it. It was. Um, it was Aaron Sorkin, right? Mm-hmm. I think was the director. Yep. Brilliant. And how nice is it to see uh, 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 Eddie Redmayne? Yes. Yeah. How nice was it to see Eddie Redmayne in something that wasn't Fantastic Beasts <laughs> or that stupid like um, werewolf roller skater movie that came out a while back? What? What is Uh-oh. this? I want to know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm off topic. That was Eddie the Redmayne. most exciting thing I've heard all day. Werewolf skater movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Eddie Redmayne's just, he's a, he's, he's a movie star and he's, wasting his talents on some of these other movies that he's doing like it's just so nice to see him in something good for a change i just want to know are you talking poorly about fantastic beasts it's called jupiter rising oh yeah and i was talking oh jupiter fantastic- rising was a trash movie yeah it was a stupid. big blockbuster trash <laughs> it's like i'm excited with that's like jupiter like ascending yeah that's the one jupiter ascending. oh thank you oh, okay. i was like i knew I was what like, i'm like are there about? two movies that have basically the same no. name like <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, well, spoiler for Vince's list, I guess. That's okay. Jeez. We can just kind of go into it. We'll just skip my number six. All right. No problem good. at all. Don't, don't, uh, if we mention one that's in like your like top three or top five or something. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep it secret. Uh, Vince, or uh, Casey, since we just had Vince talk, your number 10. The Old Guard. Uh, did you, either of you guys watch that? I no. Did. I did. 
You didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm not upset. I thought the old guard was good. I I want something. So here's the thing with a lot of shows, like right, like when you get when you get a series where it's like a bunch of immortals, it always is like they're hiding away in Britain or something, or they're in the American Southwest, and like that's fine, great and dandy. But I like this one because it was just a bunch of misfits who had a bunch of skills, and there was some good fighting. And it had Harry Potter's Dudley in it. Like, oh, he has the bad guy. Huh? Yeah, it's the bad guy. Like, I enjoyed it. So that was my number ten, The Old Guard. They're making a second one though. That's cool. Um, I love seeing Charlize Theron as an action hero. Well, Eon Flux is my favorite, like teenage film. I've I own I own a digital copy because I love it so much. You like uh, hands, feet for hands. Don't hands, hold. hands for feet. That's yeah. what it is. Sorry, I'm backwards. <laughs> yeah, you're backwards. I like the guy who plays the bad guy in it too. Like, or he's not the bad guy necessarily, but he's like the leader. But he kind of like creates the world. Um, I, I think it's a really cool concept in general. So yeah, that was my number ten. Is uh, the old guard. My number ten was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the full name of the movie. Um, the. Birds of Prey. Yes. Birds of Prey. <laughs> well, they, re, they redid it as Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, B.O.P. Harley Quinn type thing. Uh-huh. But it's like the emancipation of one Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something like yeah. that. That's that's my number 10. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, great DC movie where there's, you know, DC's kind of hit, hit and miss. Margot Robbie just embodies that character perfectly. Um, action is great in it. It's funny. Uh, it just was, it was everything that I kind of wanted in a, in a Harley Quinn movie. And I'm really excited to see what she's, what they're going to do with her next in the suicide squad. Number nine. I, if you told me this at the beginning of this year, I probably would have been super depressed, very sad for the upcoming year, or just maybe thought, wow, there must've been so mother, so many other amazing movies that came out to have it fall this low. My number nine is Tenet. Oh, you're just surprising me all over the place. Tenet fell all the way to number nine because, you know me, I still loved Tenet, especially versus a lot of people. So many people came out of Tenet and they're just like, well, that was dumb. Like that was, I didn't like that. And I'm just like, Tenet is still one that you have to think a lot about. And it just proves such an interesting concept, like to think about in the way that they did it with the camera work and the cinematography and everything they did with the visual effects moving backwards through time. And there was a lot of like problems with it that we talked about during our tenant episode where it was like, yeah, okay, this is obviously why it's not one of, you know, Christopher Nolan's best films, but there was still so many reasons why it was good and it ended up on my list, but there were just a lot of other films that moved me more, had like more poignant concepts or were just better this year for me. And that's like crazy to say. And I've even watched tenant a couple, I've watched it three times, I think now because I watched it like twice when it first came out. I don't own it. Yeah, I will because I own all of Christopher Nolan's ones, but I might watch it again and be like, never mind. Like, I love Nolan. Throw it to the top. Throw it to number three or something. But for right now, it's number nine. And I was surprised even making this list, knowing that I was like, eh. Like, I was surprised how many movies I was like, ah, I want that above or something. So, ten is my number nine. Um, Tenet is not on my list because I still have not had a good experience watching it, so I do not count having seen it. That's fair. <laughs> it comes out on HBO like next month, so oh, I'm really? just waiting for it to come out oh, and then nice. I'll rewatch it. Very cool. Well, I went the Pixar route. 
and took Soul as my number nine. It was it was just one of the films I really enjoyed, and Allie and I have rewatched uh, time and time again. We've actually watched it like three times, and it hits different every time. Though is what's weird is like they have such a good way of storytelling, and I most definitely feel like the the piano man, the jazz man. You know, like I'm like, what's my purpose? Like wandering around. He's like, well, music is my purpose, and Tina Fey is like my spirit animal in this. So like <laughs> that's where I'm at in life. So number nine for me was uh, Soul. Beautiful, awesome movie. Uh, number nine for me was the reboot of The Invisible Man. Yes! Can I see that one? It's also on my list. I did yeah, not see it. It's great. It's so good. It's a low-budget horror movie, which just horror movies are always, always better. Okay, not always. Can be much better when they're working on a budget, you know, when it's just small scale. And then just this, what they did with this one, um, kind of exploring these themes of just... Uh, abuse and and using the invisible man concept to kind of explore that was such a cool just really good idea and it was you know really it made you jump it just did everything everything well well it was on there were there's so many unexpected moments in there starring elizabeth moss great actress and then like you have there's like i feel like there's three types of storytelling going on within here right because you have like i don't know if i want to give too many spoilers but you have one like house that things have happened in one house where things happen in a restaurant where things happen in the fighting in the middle, like the deceit, the abuse, like the it's, 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 and the, the, like and the, the mental aspect of it all of, of like, is she going crazy because she's going through like, um, PTSD? Is she actually seeing people or, or is she really just like, is this guy really there or is she going through PTSD and she just like, is going crazy? I don't know. It's just, it was awesome. It was just they explored it so well in a way that's just like so good. Especially after having like that mummy reboot that came out where they were like, We're going to create this monster universe or whatever, you know? It was so nice that they abandoned that idea and just was able to make a small scale, really well done horror movie. Okay, number eight. This was the last one to join my list. The most recent film I've watched, which was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, also available on Netflix. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was also another one that was recommended to me a long time ago, and I just put off forever. I was like, I know Chadwick Boseman's going to be good. I know Viola Davis is going to be good. I know this movie's nominated for Oscars, but I'm just like, I just like, something about me is like, I don't know. I'm lazy. Like, I don't want to watch this movie. And I watched this, and the story written based off of these true events for these actors to perform or I'd have to, I'd have to do more research, especially about the true events. Cause I know it's based off of like real characters sort of and people, but like the story written for these actors to really explore range and emotions and everything is just completely ridiculous. And without like spoiling anything, it all takes pretty much takes place pretty much in one place. And so there's just a lot that goes on different events that happen and everything. And then Viola Davis, she does a great job, and she shows really good emotional range. Chadwick Boseman, in his final performance, not just because it was his final performance, he really goes all out, and he stars, and he does amazing. And I really, I if we did like one that we did last year, like picking the winners who we would want to win Oscars, between him and another actor who I'll mention later on in my list, I just couldn't pick because he does amazing. And it goes over these crazy concepts and it has a ton of them. It goes over racism, both 
things that you can apply now as well as things that were very prevalent back then. It goes over the belief and or existence of God really strongly and really in depth. And it just goes over these crazy deep emotions of these characters. And it's just absolutely insane. So like Marini's Black Bottom was one I didn't expect even while watching it to break into my top 10. But it was written for these actors to do their work as amazing as they do it. And the other actors did as well. But Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, both nominated for Oscars, absolutely destroyed their parts in this. Destroyed as in did amazing. They're my, uh, they're, they're the two I'm hoping for the win this year. So good. Um, I think Chad win, Chadwick is guaranteed, but I really want Viola Davis to win for that role this year. So, I think she did great in it. I did The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. I love a good... Another Chadwick boat. Yeah, I love a good... Like, we're talking Vietnam War here. Like, I love that kind of stuff. I think uh, storytelling in that, because it's such a such a dark, strange time in, like, in history of America. Um, I grew up with a... Like, on a farm, and I think I've mentioned that before, but the guy who fed our cows, he was a Vietnam veteran, and... He used to just talk. I used to ride with him and he used to just talk about things I probably shouldn't have heard about as a kid. And I have respected that man my entire life because of what he said. And it was just like, but the then going into the story of what it is and finding out the depths of what actually happened in the end is just so wild. And, and like, it's a long movie. Like, it took me like two or three sittings to watch the whole thing. I think it's like, I can't remember, three and a half. Yeah, like I think it's like three and a half hours if I remember. I can't remember, but I really enjoyed it. And it's one I've actually like been like I want to watch it again, but I need to have time to do so. And right now I'm watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and bald and bankrupt. So that's what's going on. So Defy Bloods for me. And I think that like also going along storytelling, there was there's just a lot of beauty in shooting in those countries. I think Southeast Asia is an incredibly beautiful place, and the way they shot it was really good. Uh, my number eight is The Sound of Metal. Have you guys, have you guys end up seeing it over the past couple weeks? Okay. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, about a, a drummer for a metal band who suddenly goes deaf and kind of the exploration of him learning how to live this new life and what his li- new life is going to be. Uh, it was just, it was great. It really, it was just kind of touching, um, to kind of see this guy who who just didn't know what to do, like his whole life was just like taken away from him, just like swiped out from under him, and he just gets put in this place and has to learn like a new language and sign language, and he has to learn, you know, how what his new career is going to be and whether or not he wants to keep doing or find a way to go back to what he was doing before or move on to something different, how it affects his relationship with his girlfriend, just everything is just kind of like taken out from under him. I didn't know what the movie was even about when I watched it. I just saw that it was on the Oscar list and knew the poster and hit play, and I loved it. It was I liked it enough to put it on number eight for me. There's definitely that's right now. I was gonna try to watch that before it before this because I had three that I was trying to watch, and that was the third one, and it was the one that I just barely didn't get to. So I'll probably still watch it in this very, next very soon. Okay, we're to number seven now, right? Jeez. Very nice. We're flying. Okay, my number seven was already mentioned, but not as one of your lists as one that just missed it. My number seven, I was also surprised that it got this high. My number seven is my new, not favorite, but new Christmas movie that I'll watch every year, Happiest Season. 
I loved Happiest Season so much. Like I rewatched that movie twice, like in the winter season. Like I thought that Kristen Stewart did great. Mackenzie Davis. I always love Aubrey Plaza and everything. I started to love Dan Levy after watching Schitt's Creek. I just loved so much of the story, not just because of what it did to say, Hey, like what a lot of the narrative is for a lot of things now, like except people like in the LGBTQ community and everything like that, but how in depth it went to like these people, like, live in these families where even though this person is like, I guess many spoilers for happiest season. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Like this person is openly gay with her partner, but just because of the way her family runs is still so strictly like, no, I'm not. And like, it is so afraid to open up about anything just because of how it will perceive on the family and for that family and the community and everything like that. And just about how like much, still needs to change and like what we would love to see change like in the world like casey mentioned it was like schitt's creek is like the world that we would love to see for all of these people and like happiest season is it's there's obviously a lot of dark movies that delve into the topic of the lgbtq community and how kind of insane it can get there um and happiest season is one that's like a this is how it can go and how it does go in a lot of parts of the world but like we need to make the effort for it to happen and they are great allison brie also in this movie very good and you know i can never resist a community actor and something else so but yeah uh happiest season i was surprised i made it this high on my list but then like looking at my list when i was done i was like yeah that's about how i feel so happiest season casey casey chose one we did a podcast on palm springs palm springs i uh i thought it was great um like you said it was a fun it's a fun film um, get you a little bit to think about because you know if you're repeating the same day over and over again what would you do and it kind of covers those things but also how would you be and stuff like that so yeah 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 Palm Springs <laughs> well Palm said Springs. I yeah. like it <laughs> <laughs> just uh, no frills here <laughs> uh, my number seven is Judas and the Black Messiah and my number six is Trials of the Chicago 7 which I already talked about um, Casey you brought up the Five Bloods this is something that I've been kind of thinking about and a reason that, you know, the Vietnam War has been such, you know, on the forefront of my mind because three, four of the movies that I've seen in the last month or so have all been around, you know, takes taken place around the time of the Vietnam War. The Five Bloods, Judas and the Black uh, Child, the Chicago 7 was all about um, Vietnam. And then Judas and the Black Messiah, or sorry, yeah, yeah, and then Judas and the Black Messiah was about the Black Panthers and what was going on here in the U.S. within the black community versus, you know, in, in the protests going on. And I don't know, it was a great, it was a great thriller, but it's just kind of like I feel like these three movies together because the one of the main characters in Judas and the Black Messiah is a character in Trial of Chicago, in the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Frank He's, Hampton, right? Yeah, yep, Frank Hampton. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah was just it was it was a good thriller you know uh i don't know i don't know if i'd call it a thriller but it was like it was just a historical thriller yeah mark? kind of like... a historical thriller that kind of showed that not everything is black and white you know it's not like one person isn't just evil um he's got a family you know that he could have go home to a family he believes something and just because he believes a certain thing doesn't make him an evil person even though some people make really bad decisions or or whatever you know um i don't have a lot to say about it i just really really enjoyed the movie 
um, and the way it was told. And it's got one of my favorite actors in it. Daniel Kaluuya? Nope, the other guy. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Everything I see him in, he just steals the show for me. Both nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and most people think Daniel Kaluuya has it locked down, and I'm 100% fine with that. I kind of want like Keith Stanfield to I win. Like I thought, I thought he did a great job, and I thought it even like kind of focused on him a little more. And it was like kind of if like they both got nominated for best supporting actor, I think because it was just like who's the main actor, mm-hmm. like kind of like a question mark there. So I don't know, but like I thought that they, like just to piggyback off you really quick, like I thought the movie was tremendous and it looked deep. And it was like, yeah, not one person who a lot of times could be painted evil is completely evil or even a lot evil. And it's like not even like an organization like mm-hmm. that is considered yeah. to be good can also be considered to be completely good. You really have to think about it. And I like that they didn't like go too deep. They weren't just like the FBI is evil, awful person. And they also weren't like Fred Hampton was the most holy person that ever existed in the entire world. You know, like they stick they stuck pretty true to a lot of the facts that happen while still being very true about how it went down, like the the people that the FBI would like literally pay to get this information to try to disarm these organizations. Just absolutely insane. It comes down to the end. It also has Jesse Plemons in it, who I absolutely love from uh, Breaking Bad. So, so, so good. And I'll just say, no, like, like I was the one who I was like, don't like go too far down. This one's my number five on my list. So okay. it's not too far. Not so too I'm far. like, I figure I'll just jump in now and then say, Hey, yeah, that's on sure. my list as well. Juice in the black side is such a great movie. I missed it by like five minutes. Cause I was going to watch it in the middle of the night. <laughs> Cause you were like, Oh, it goes off night. I was like, cool. I can, I can uh, watch it in the night and then in the morning it'll be gone. No, uh, midnight is uh, the, the, the end of that's the day. The yeah. Boo. Boo on <laughs> taste of the week. Uh, yeah, it's wild. Josh, what about you? What's your oh, what's your next one? We're going up to number six now. We're almost halfway done, guys. Number six. And I think this one might surprise a lot of people, especially since the other movie did not make my list. But number six for me was the last movie I saw in theaters before heading into quarantine, which is Onward. Pixar's Onward made my list. And even though I do love Soul, and I'm not going to lie, I think upon rewatching Soul, I might like it more than onward but even this far down the road onward i still think about it and it still touches me i think chris pratt and tom holland did an amazing job with their voice acting and i just think the adventure story that they went on and the story of brotherhood and the love for their father even one who doesn't know him as well like it was just so touching and like i said i think soul does give you a lot to think about as well and i loved the movie it's not far off my list but onward was just one where i was captivated it was funny thrilled me pixar just did pixar things pixar's amazing and i love them we've had a best of pixar episode we've talked about my favorite pixar movie uh, inside out we've done so many things like that just because i think they're great jaleesa turned on uh, a bug's life the other day because she hadn't seen it and i usually consider a bug's life to be towards the bottom of my list and while i still would say that's true just because i like other ones so much that movie's hilarious and it was so good and i'm like pixar never fails to impress me and i think onward was just an amazing movie this year both of both onward and soul were incredible but i think onward was my favorite between the two and it made my number six uh, i'm gonna jump in there 
Onward is my number five. So it would be nice. the next one that I'd be talking about. <laughs> and Onward is my number four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just all talk about it right now. Yeah. So, Go ahead, man. no, I, I don't want to say your thunder. I agree with that. Like, I uh, I don't have any sisters. So, movies about like sisterhood, like brother and sister thing, is like challenging for me. Cause I'm like, I don't know what that's like. Sorry, guys. Um, I know you guys both have wonderful siblings, and I know both of them actually really well, both sets. So, uh, but. In reality, like I think about like me and my younger brothers, like we just are always questing whenever we hang out, we go do stuff like it's it's fun. And like um, brotherhood is nothing without your brothers. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's just good. And I, I'm a sucker for like that fantasy genre mixed into anything. Like I think it's fun. So I'm not the biggest Dungeons and Dragons player. I've only played a couple couple games ever in my life, but like I can relate and I understand like I love Lord of the Rings. I love like stuff like that. I'm like, I would watch Lord of the Rings literally any given day of the week because I enjoy that kind of crap. So there we are. Like this felt like an adventure I'd have as a kid and as a teenager. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have much more to say other than the father son relationship in my life. The, The relationship that I have with my father is very important to me. And so this is, you know, watching a movie all about trying to connect with your father and that kind of stuff. It really, it, it touched me too. Um, and Pixar just is great at world, world building. Like how many fantasy movies have we had and this one feels unique, you know? It's hard to do, but Pixar, they, they're able to create visual worlds that you you just don't imagine yourself you know and soul is kind of the same way they they created this world of the before or the 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 after you know that you just that's never how i imagined it before but i'm probably going to imagine it that way there's like a from visual here on out you know from, of something that's so important in all of our lives but mm-hmm. like non-existent and that we don't actually like know what's there right yeah and so it's just so just Pixar's great. They're great. Well, I feel like this one for me, just to kind of go off of that, is it reminds me of when we all got cell phones and how much life changed when we didn't have to, like, time ran differently after that. And I feel like that's what Onward does at the same time. Like, they talk about, like, the time with magic and you still have the manticore. You still have, like, runes from the magic. They're still relics of the 90s and the 80s stuff, you know, around. Like, it's not that long ago. But our world is digitized and changed so much that those things are literally, like, relics. Like, kids don't know what cassette tapes are right now. That's what's wild to me. That's it. I had someone... There was I was watching a stream the other day because I like to watch a lot of streamers play and someone in the stream was talking about burning a CD and someone literally like donated this person to say, they were like, why would you burn a CD? Like that doesn't make any sense. The person was like, are you freaking serious? Like, is this a joke or are you serious? All those mixtapes, man, (laughs) all those burned CDs I used to have so much Bayside, so much under oath, so much. We came as Romans panic at the disco yellow card. I can keep going on. Okay. So what's your number six? My number six is antebellum. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that one. It was, it's one of those, I'm pretty sure that Jordan Peele advised on or helped produce it, but I, he didn't direct it. Um, and it's, it's kind of one that covers like racism and kind of like those type of topics that were just so heavy last year and still are to this day, right? Still topics of discussion. Um, but it talks about kind of like 
there's the confederacy and the war and like it's super interesting and i would strongly recommend watching it i don't want to dive too deep because you need to be surprised but it's a good film <laughs> Solid. all right vince's six was the trial of the chicago seven my five was judas and the black messiah my five is onward Vince's five is onward. So, Case, you're up again. My five is The Lodge. Did you guys watch that one? No, sir. Oh, my goodness. It's a horror film. Um, well, it's a thriller horror film, which is not what you'd expect of. Um, uh, the Lodge is just it's just creepy. It's in a cabin in the woods. Any Anything in the woods, dude, the woods terrify me. Um, I spend a lot of time in the outdoors. Dude, The Ritual, man, that movie. Yes. Now, dude. Holy cow. Yeah. So like I've spent a lot of time, like a lot of nights camping and I am super superstitious. So I just have like a horror kick right now. They released the trailer for the new conjuring. The devil made me do it today. And you guys are talking about these. And I listened to our 2019 episode today and there was us and there was Midsommar that came out in 2019. Now I'm just like digging it, you know, like really want to watch some good horror movies. So I would place two. You can't come soon enough. So yeah, when is that coming out? May twenty eighth, I think, the weekend before Memorial Day. So we're getting close. Very cool. Okay, uh, like we already mentioned, Vince's five was onward. Um, Casey's four was onward. Yep. So we're now to me and Vince's four. My number four movie was one that, upon first watching the trailer, I thought would be boring, and that I wouldn't like. But it was surprisingly, especially with it being nominated for Academy Awards and everything like that, this was one that my wife was like, hey, I want to watch this movie and we should watch it. And so I was like, yeah, okay. And it definitely exceeded my expectations in a lot of different ways. It was incredible. And Carrie Mulligan is amazing. And my number four is Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman was just a movie that takes you for a ride. Emotionally, like, everything about it it just makes you think about so much and especially about these situations that they talk about are there's they're so real and they're so prevalent in society and it's so crazy because it's like the point of the movie i had a lot of people who i've talked to about this and they were like oh the point of the movie they're just trying to say like that anyone can be bad and it's like but there's good people too and i'm like they weren't trying to say that and like i can't say too much for like spoilers but just like i thought that bo burnham did a great job in this movie as well because he plays a major part in it. And it is really cool because they take a lot of people that are really loved actors, right? And they put them into this movie as people who end up being some people who you think they're good. They're actors that you like and they end up being not so nice guys, right? If that makes sense. You've got McLovin, right? Is in this movie. He ends up being like that. You've got, um, what's his name from... New girl, guy who's Schmidt in New Girl. But it's just amazing because she does this amazing job of going back and reminiscing about this friend of hers who she lost in the past. And it hadn't been super specific about what happened during the movie, and I won't spoil anything. But, like, it is incredible that the things that she does, a lot in the movie, you're supposed to sort of feel like, you're supposed to be like, okay, like, she's doing things like for the right reason, but like ethically, like are these things that she's doing like, okay. And so it, it gets really dicey, but just really insane as you think about these situations and what really happens and how the world like perceives them and just like what needs to happen. It has crazy like twist endings and just a ton of different stuff. So just that movie is incredible and 
Carrie Mulligan's up for Best Actress, and there's a few that I could obviously say, yes, like, please have this person win Best Actress. She's definitely one of those. She did an amazing job. And, oh, I feel so bad because I'll have to look it up right now. But the director as well is amazing. Uh, Emerald Fennell. Um, She did an amazing job as well. She's one of the uh, women who's up for Best Director, along with Chloe Zhao, who we talked about. Both incredible, both very deserving. So, promising young woman, my number four. Casey, number four is onward. Vince, uh, my number four is Wolf Walkers, the animated cartoon about the little girl who just wants to go out and hunt wolves with her dad. Goes out, gets into trouble, befriends another little girl who can turn into a wolf, and and trouble ensues. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, like I like I talked about before, it's all hand drawn in that old animation style. It's it's not the Pixar three D stuff. So it was just it was really fun eye candy to watch. Um, pretty basic story, but it's like it's an entertaining story. Well well voice acted, but I just I can't say enough good things about the art style, the art direction, just how refreshing it was to see that old animation style. Um, just really, really cool. I would watch it again. I w- I'd love to watch. Like, this is one that I'll, like, show my kids in the future. You know, I just really like it. Number three from Casey. I care a lot. Did you guys watch that? I know exactly what you're talking about, but no, I didn't. Okay, so. Peter Dinklage and. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Uh, freaking Frick, 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 Frick. What's her name? Rosamund um, Rosamund Pike. And so it's got Peter Dinklage and Rosamund Pike, and it's all about like a seedy world of fraud. And you know me, I'm a I'm a sucker for a good thriller and crime thriller like that. It's a honestly, it's horrifying if you have senior grandparents and parents who could be taken advantage of by someone. And so I won't say any more than that. But I think that this one was just a well put together series rosamund pike i think is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses because she just i feel like she she's a star in everything she does and like gone girl was the first thing i can really remember seeing her in and it was just such a good good performance and then i saw this one i wasn't let down so that's where i'm at uh, i care a lot my numero trace okay um uh, my number three all right so we're in the top three now dun, 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 so unless dun. this is your three events, don't spoil it my number three, we did a mini episode on it, is Nomadland. I loved Nomadland. And you can go back and hear like some of my more extensive thoughts when we move uh, um, back on that episode in the mini episode. But just Frances McDormand is amazing. It's so incredible. And it just it has it's a very moody film. And you're sort of feeling things the whole movie, even though you don't know exactly what it is, because it's just so interesting to see these people, how they live life, a lot of them how they want to live life but just still how so interesting and how different from common society it is and this character of Fern and just how amazing she is and how amazingly directed this movie was with Chloe Zhao. They did it with people who were not actors. They're people who live this way, right? And so just to have this amazing person create the character of Fern and just be amongst these people creating this film, it just made you feel things in such a unique way unique way that not a lot of films made me feel something this year and so that i'll keep it on the shorter side for me i'm gonna be honest with you i wanted to put that one on my list actually really bad but the thing was is i don't judge you casey you can be it's totally well, fine I'm, I'm not trying to like be like oh, i don't want to tell you it's more like 
it, it was moody and it was serious and it was hard and I love this film but I was just so tired of the heavy if that makes sense that's yeah, how I felt that's and and so like I threw on like a, actually like my number one is a very heavy film and we could talk about it more but like I just was like I can't throw this and this and this on it'll just sound like I was depressed all of last year so that's where I'm at I mean a lot of us were depressed last year I mean but... I still am <laughs> and this is why we drink no <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Nomad Lad did not make my list either. No, uh, I'm right there with you, Casey. I I will hand it to you. It did exactly what you just said. It made me feel something, but it was not enjoyable experience for me. I felt really bad for these people through the whole thing, and I just didn't want to feel sad that night. And I don't I don't know, like, because it's not like their lives aren't sad. You know, like they're making the best of the situation that they have and they are able to create a life um, that they can enjoy and are happy with. But at the same time, it's just this lifestyle that I just do not understand. And so I'm watching this and like all I can see is just like or feel or whatever is just like I feel bad for them that they're stuck in this when maybe they don't feel that way. But I would feel bad if I was in their situation and jumping from job to job without stability Uh it's just a lifestyle that I just completely don't understand at all. And so I'm watching this and I'm just kind of like these people that are just kind of tossed aside and forced to make the best of the lifestyle that they have. I just didn't want to feel bad. I just didn't want to. I just never, I don't think I will ever want to go back and see it again. And you're both totally fine. I'm not actually <laughs> judging you. I no, just no. like, I was just like, oh man, they haven't mentioned it now. And like from like what we had said, it had been a, a while ago, I was like, oh man, like Nomadland's like going to be up there on our list. And so I, I mean, was totally it's fine like, that it's not, but I was like, I was like, don't spoil it if mm-hmm. it is. So. And it's like top tier for the Oscars this year. Like people are saying that it might be the winner. So like it would make sense that it would be up here on our lists, but. I don't know. It's just something didn't resonate with me. Yeah, for sure. We're in our top three, by the way, guys. Like, not like to like overhype anything, but like we're here. These are like our top three favorite movies of this last year. Do, 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 so far, I've had I have Nomadland. Casey had I care a lot for his number three. Vince, Nomadland didn't make it in your top it three. I'll judge you. <laughs> <laughs> what did? What's the first film in your top three? Number three. Number three. It's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Boom! Yes, I loved it. It was so. It was Wait, hold so. That's released in March. Oh, does that not count? Well, you already made the list, so too I, late. So we'll say Zack Snyder's Justice. <laughs> I, I just did it if it came out list. before I the. I guess you're right. Uh, that's all good. It's all good. It's already there. So actually, this movie was made back in like 2014. <laughs> so, so even then, it still doesn't count, Vince. <laughs> Um, I'll just say uh, it was just really nice to see this vision come to life after all these years and just kind of feel that vindication of Zack Snyder is not a terrible filmmaker and he could have taken this in a in a cool direction and just feel a little bit justified after all these years and just had a good experience, a really fun time watching this movie. We made an event out of it. My cousin flew out from San Francisco pretty much specifically, I mean, he had other things to do. But the reason he came out that weekend and not just some other time that he could have done the other things was to watch this movie with me. We saw it on the big screen. Um, not we, like uh, it's my brother-in-law's 
brother has a really nice theater. That epic home theater. Yes. Yeah, so that is practically better yeah. than a like regular oh, theater. so nice. So we saw on the big screen, we had pizza, we ate way too much junk food. We just, <laughs> we just had a great, great weekend and, and it was, it was good. Like, and that's the best part is it, it was, was a good movie. Sorry, that's not a 2020. No I did worries. not put that together. I just, <laughs> I just for some reason was like movies that I've seen before the Oscars. The Oscars are next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So it's funny is I put that on my list and like I was like I have to take this off because it's post like because it's February right? It's like mid February till you can do it right? Because you talked about this, so womp, I had womp. put it on my list and I removed it. Well, but in that case, move that one off. Move everything I've talked about up until now up one. Add an American pickle as number ten. <laughs> we'll just have the asterisk on the list because, okay. like, it's way too confusing to do the rest. <laughs> We're at number two. Number two for Josh. What do you got, man? Number two. This was probably you guys know me. I like a lot of the award season stuff, and I like. I do my best to not like try to put a movie high on my list just because, like, it's Oscars nominated, and I'm like trying to be snooty and stuff. But there is, it ends up being a lot of that stuff because I end up seeing a lot of like what the critics see. And I'm just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I really like this movie for this thing. So this was the one that made it the highest on my list that was not one of those films. And I was surprised that it just kept rising, but I was like, I like it more than that one. I like it more than that one. I like it more than that one. My number two is Palm Springs, and I am not yeah. even sad about it. Don't be sad, because it's great. Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti killed this movie. It is a romantic comedy. It is a Groundhog Day-style movie. We did an episode about it, if I remember correctly. And it is just so much fun. It is so new. Like, romantic comedies, super old. There's so many of them. Groundhog Day-style movies, there's so many of them. Even mixing these two together, I don't know if there's one specifically, but there's ones that are kind of like that. And you just like, no, you're like, okay. Even when I watched the trailer, I was like, okay, like it's that style of movie. They just made it so original and it was so funny. And I just wanted to watch this movie again the second I was done with it. And I watched it a few times over the course of the year that it came out. I think I've watched it three or four times just because I had such a blast and I thought they did it so smartly and it had such an original style ending for me as well that I loved it. And this is a movie that I'm going to come back and I'm going to watch again a whole ton of times. And I just thought this movie was incredible. And as it kept rising my list, I was like, yeah, I got no problem with this. I love this movie. This movie was fantastic. So it was number two on my list. Uh, Casey. Number two. My number two is on Vince's list as well, and we talked about it already. The Invisible Man. Hey, whoa, so that's high. I love this movie. Like, this is one that I was scared throughout the entire film, but it wasn't trash. Like, there are scary movies where you're like, oh, it's coming, and I was like, I don't know what's coming next. And the way that they do The Invisible Man is so badass and matches our time. It's not like... I don't know how to say it. It's I don't want to give you spoilers. Like you got to see it, but like Elizabeth Moss, like quality like topics that are discussed that are heavy, that are hard, that are like they're things we face every single day. And they did it in such a a way that makes you want to think better about how you interact with people who might be going through trauma. I think is a good way to say it. So, yeah, my number 2 was The Invisible Man. Watch out for that cool tech. Pay attention to the themes of this film and uh, enjoy it. 
I just love that even making. in a year of like off films where especially a lot of stuff got delayed, that Casey still has so much horror on his list. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's great. For horror me. is my favorite genre. <laughs> I think that's the only horror movie I've seen in a year. Uh, Antebellum was a horror film. The Lodge was a horror film. So I've watched a few, but like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen, like I've watched old ones because I think, you know, scratch that itch and stuff. I don't think I've watched any new ones as well, really, either. Okay, my number two. Vince's number two! Pixar's Soul. We've already gone over this to a pretty lengthy extent, so I'll make it brief. Soul is just a beautiful movie, um, both visually and thematically. It's just touching. um, Makes you think about your own life, think about your purpose, and think about life itself and just makes you appreciate the day-to-day you know makes you really think about like the small things um that you take for granted and they do it in a way like we said the only pixar seems to know how to do just just absolutely fantastic movie dude i I just want to say something about this because i think i've talked about this movie already but you hit it on the on the nail on the head right there with like how it's just everyday living the thing that is right there you know like it's just what it is and it made me so happy because like each of us have our own quirky things right and like I'm, I'm sorry to go like really heavy here but like each of us have our own quirky things that make us who we are and that's what other people also like about us is how quirky we are how random we are how what our weird interests are like people find that fascinating and they find that they wish they could have that themselves and that they could understand that and that this show highlights that it's okay to do your own thing at your own pace. And, and I appreciate that a lot. Like I said, like I related to those two characters on like a human level more than I realized because those characters are extremely like powerful and, in, in what they have to say. And like, is it time? Oh, sorry. sorry. What were you saying? I can do my number one first. It's one we've talked about already. Can I guess it? Yes. Am I allowed? Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Palm Springs. It's Palm Springs. Palm Springs Springs for Vince's number one. Yes, I'm so happy. It's so good, guys. It's so good. And Josh, you worded everything, every one of my thoughts perfectly, better than I can word them. It's just they took two genres that have never mixed before and mixed them so well that that I just didn't realize. Like, I I don't know why we haven't done that, you know? (laughs) Like, they're taking this Groundhog's Day idea and just putting it with different genres and it just worked so perfectly in this one um the story behind you know it's like one of the highest uh cost the most what, what, what? it was the highest sold film from vox searchlight independent film it was sold for 17.5 million and 69 cents exactly <laughs> <laughs> like the story behind that is even funny you know it's just like this movie is heartwarming it's a love story it's genre bending it's it's just did everything really really well and it's just very very good we didn't even um, mention jk simmons jk simmons is in it andy samberg is in it the one girl Kristen milnari or whatever <laughs> i can't say her name just a awesome cast i i can't say anything you guys haven't already said um it's just it's my my favorite movie of the year and there's a lot of depth that you can go into it like if you want to explore like the whole time loop thing and how that affects regular life how they get in how they get out like there was a whole reddit thread afterwards that people were like digging into this movie it's just not a lot of movies inspire that that amount of 
fandom, fandom you yeah. know? Um, it's great. It's heartwarming. It's something that I can see myself, again, like I said with, with some of these other movies, like that I will go back and I will watch over and over and over again. I mean, I know we talked about it, but I'm kind of sad that we, you know, started with you for number one because I think I know my and I'm pretty sure Casey's movie are both kind of like depressing movies. Is yours a depressing movie? Yeah. I think we should have ended with yours. Well, it's a mix of movies. It's It's a mix of a feel. It's true. I just feel bad that we're going to end like our number even. Okay. They're our number one movies, right? They deserve to be here and they deserve to be talked about. But I'm just like. These are going to be depressing. Dang it, Vince. Way to make us end on a low note. Josh, I'm going to go first because I always do my end spiel. Is that okay? I'm, I want to, like, hey, take note really quick. These last two movies are ones that I believe are on nobody else's list. Is that right with yours? Yeah, no one else has said mine. Yeah. I know what it is. What is it? Is it another round? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's another round, which is a Danish film. Um, it has Mass Matt Mickelson. Um, everyone knows him as Mads, I think, but he like has said it's like Mass, I think, is how he pronounces it. So um, he's great. Like this is one that I did not expect to like as much, especially because it's a foreign language film, and I don't ever want to sound like a snob, like I watch foreign language film because I'm not. I'm like a real big goofball, but. I, I'm a fan of the actor, right? And the whole cast is ex- does extremely well. It covers a, a, an interesting topic, which is how would you perform and how would you live life if your blood alcohol level was a bit higher, which I think is 0.5, like higher, um, because it, it just kind of talks about how men are born with it or humans are born with a deficiency in their blood alcohol, um, and it would change how we acted and perceived. And the, the lead character... He, he is depressed. Um, he suffers a lot from self-confidence and depression. And this, this, this film kind of like goes through the experience with him. He's, he's having a hard time at home. He's having a hard time at work. Like him and his friends get together and he's like, they're like, well, you seem bummed out and depressed. Like what's wrong with you? And they like, they talk about all the things he's missed out on because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I don't want to go too far into it, but like, there's like, I think five other guys who participate in the study with him and it's just really good. Yes. You have to use subtitles to watch it unless you speak Danish, which sounds like people with mouths full of rocks. Sorry to any Danes who listen to our podcast, but like, it's just a really good film and it has like a, it's, it's it, the ending is very heavy in, in some parts, but there's also some joy in it. Right. Like it's kind of like, what, what is it they say in uh, the dark night? It's always darkest before the dawn or whatever. It, it's just like that. Right. Like there is, there is bright moments and good moments at the end of the film, but it is a heavy film. Um, yeah. Another round. It has a great soundtrack. It has a great story, a great cast. What's crazy to me is like, so, Denmark is about the size of Utah as 5 million people has like a whole economy, right? And socialist, whatever medicine, all this, but they like have this whole untapped market of potentials, actors and artists and stuff like that, that we don't even know about. And this film is like, what's really cool about it is they're all pals and buddies. Cause it's such a small tight knit community and it's just awesome. It's phenomenal. Like, go watch this like you'll see like one of the lead characters he's like one of the most famous actors of all time from from Denmark just like Matt Mickelson is so it's just, it's just super fascinating so also nominated for the Oscars yes I think it's nominated for like four different things if I'm correct it's definitely one I need to check out as well it's on my list of I, I own much. it but it's also on Hulu it's on Hulu cool well, I feel bad for guessing and spoiling your guys' number ones before right, you let me guess. Say them now we get to guess what you yours. guys get to guess mine. <laughs> Little Caesar's Pizza in the 22nd century. That's a movie? I just made it up. <laughs> All right, I know what it is. Vince, 
Hubie Halloween. Oh my God. <laughs> How did you do it? Such a depressing one, like I said. <laughs> uh, you know what it is? I really have no idea. My number one film could change after I watch stuff over again and again and again. But my number one film is very depressing and very sad. And it very it goes over circumstances that are very close to things that are happening in my family right now. My number one film of 2021 is The Father. The Father broke my heart. It is such an elegantly crafted film. The, the Father stars Anthony Hopkins, which is the other actor that I mentioned before. Him and Chadwick Boseman. Like you said, I think it will go to Chadwick as well, but either of them deserve it. Like he does, he's such an amazing actor already. You know, we know we've seen him in so many things, but just what he does in this one is just incredible. And like I said, it broke my heart. It's so sad. So not to like spoil too much. I didn't ever watch like a trailer for this film. So I don't know what's already like revealed in the trailer, but what happens in this movie is it's about a father who is refusing help from his daughters as he's getting older and he has dementia and he's growing with this dementia and everything that goes along with it is growing and he insists he doesn't need help, but he wants his daughters to be there for him to help him and everything like that. And he has, he has two daughters and he he just wants them to be there for him and everything like that. But the way they put the film together is, is incredible. And this is like, I guess mini spoiler, but it's just like a, this is how the film is constructed. Not this is how it ends or what happens they create the film and it's sort of out a lot out of order, like chronologically. And sometimes they use, how do I explain this? They use the wrong actors to play certain characters at certain points. Right. And so like, you can see how that like with dementia and everything like that, it, it's just so confusing. So it gets so confusing on our end because it, what it does is it tries to show in a way how this man is living. He's trying to live and go through his life and he thinks he's fine because the situations that are happening, he feels are normal, but he doesn't understand that his dementia has taken such strong hold of his life that these things that he's just like, I'm confused. Like, why is it? It's like, that is where the dementia is hitting him. And it's just so sad. And Olivia Coleman, uh, also nominated for best supporting actress plays across from him for most of the movie. And she is incredible. And she just does such an amazing job of being the person who is supportive and wanting to be there for him while also still trying to find a way to live her own life as well, but also supporting her father because she sort of deals with a husband for her who is not the most supportive of her taking so much time to take care of her father during these trying circumstances. And so it ends, it's, it's very strange the way it goes along and it, it sort of ends and there's not a lot of like clarity as far as like what actually happened in what order, but it's just beautiful in the way it does it. And it ends really somberly as well, actually for what happens and especially for Anthony Hopkins character, like what ends up happening with what he wants. And it's very sad and it makes you consider a lot of things that happen. Like obviously in my family right now, there's a lot of the same stuff going on. Casey knows this even possibly more than me since he lives down here close and he helps out my grandparents with a lot of the hardships that they're going through in their life right now. And it just, with all that's happening and I watched it like this week, like it just, one of the films that just like made me cry and just like really think and consider life in a lot of different and big ways and just want to, it made me think 
about different things. And it also made me, and I hope it did for other people, like want to be there for them really and just try to understand, not even like, okay, like understand just like when they say things and you're just like, like, okay, just like they're these people who've lived their whole lives. Like they're not stupid. They just have this disease that is literally just affecting their minds in ways that we can't even imagine. So to just be there and love them and understand them as we can. I just, no movie touched me like this one did this year. So that sorry sounds, to end on that. That sounds insanely powerful and like sounds like a movie we need to probably watch to understand life better. Um, well, that's it. Like it was fun to, to talk and watch all these movies with you guys throughout the year. Some of these movies we've done full podcast episodes on. So if you have more questions about our opinions on these films, you can go back through the list and check them out. Otherwise, uh, if you want to message us or you want to join us and talk about one of these movies that we haven't talked about yet, let us know, slide into them DMS and, uh, we'll happily, uh, see what we can do to get you down here and, or, or even on a remote session with us. One of these movies, or if you want to let us know your top 10, top five, top three, we'd love to see them. I'm probably going to be, I will, since you guys do a lot of the social media stuff, I'll take initiative on this one and I'll put together like some Instagram post. I'll, for your approval, since you're. Oh, no, do your thing. You I was just are, like, you said that we do the social media stuff. I haven't done the social media stuff in a long <laughs> okay, time. Casey, I, guess, I just like tweet things when Casey tells thing, me man. to. I tweet things when he tells me to. I'm probably going to put together just like a little like probably like a nine square and then just like include number 10 on the bottom of like what each of our top 10 films were. And after this episode's released, so it'll already be out. So the episode will be out and then look for this on our Instagram or Twitter or anything. You'll see these pictures that have our top tens. I want to know like your guys' top tens as well. You know, I loved listening. Like I mentioned before the Robo tours podcast, they did their top 10. I love listening to theirs. I just want to know, like if you have the time and even if it's a rough list, you're like, Oh, this could change. Like, let me know your top 10, your top five, your top one, I guess. Just this was my favorite movie. Like, I love hearing those things. I love reading those things. So please hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or wherever, and let us know what your guys' favorite movies of the year were and also what you think and or, depending when you listen to this, thought about the Oscars and what happened. Well, guys, uh, I think let's call that an episode. It was wonderful to kind of run through the top 10 of 2020 with y'all. And folks, uh, if you found this podcast interesting, enjoyed uh, listening with us, if you can go ahead and give us a, you know, a rating on a, on whatever podcast platform listen to give us a like on social medias we would love that because we uh we love to make this for you and give us any feedback you have what you want to hear um what you didn't like about what we said you know we'll take it all we'll take everything just don't throw dirt at our houses um so guys have a good one thank you so much for tuning in to the pause Ryan play podcast and we'll catch you next time